What's going on, y'all? Ben Bush here, and it's another treat episode. Today I'm talking with Derek Cassio and Carly Haggins out at Wentworth Institute of Technology in Boston. Carly joins us about 20 minutes, and y'all, that program is so dang good. I have an amazing amount of respect for both these educators. We catch up a few times a year, and I learn a ton from those interactions. Skill-wise, they are ridiculous, and, and more importantly, they love the mentorship aspect of teaching. If you ever catch us at a conference, we'll be in the back, posted up, cracking jokes, and have our own panel discussion off stage. There might be an opportunity for a podcast in that. So, Derek Cassio, Carly Haggins, design departments around the world, I'm putting you on notice. And if you don't know, now you know. Let's get into it. Keep it on the same page. Yeah. Then craft yeah. what you want to. Okay. Uh, so, this is Derek Cassio. I am an assistant professor of industrial design mm -hmm. at Wentworth Institute of Technology. All that. All that. All that. So, yeah, I mean, as you can see from just walking around, you know, we're, we're very close with all of our students. Yes. So, that's a huge part of, I would say, at the core of the studio culture. Yeah. The faculty spend a lot of time here. So, we get to know our students very, very well, and we can execute exciting studios like Adventure Studio. I mean, those guys joke, like Adventure Studio meeting, because we were having them every day for a while, when, when, and they were committed to doing that kind of stuff outside of the regular time Yeah. to see the project happen. Now, that, that isn't true of every student, right? Yeah. You, you get, you're gonna get students that do that, and you're gonna get students that don't, um, but we tend to have more, I would say, on the side that do, because we are as engaged as we are as faculty. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that that's been a pretty, that's been pretty common and steady. What's yeah. changed, and I think we've seen this in the, in the studios, and I think from what I've talked to other folks about, and you might find this as well, when it comes to academic studios, um, the technology has really impacted the way that the students engage and socialize. Right. And you'll get one group that's very, very close. And in, in this case, you know, that one half of the studio that was all there, they're, they're very, very tiny group. Right. You'll get other the other half of the studio that are sort of more more loners. Yeah. And if you they sort of self-selected, either they took a solo space or they took a space in the big open area that was no walls. Yeah. And it's interesting to see the personalities that gravitate towards the open space versus the ones that gravitate towards the individual cubicles. Mm. Um, so physical space plays a role in that, right. but I think it's important to have a mix of that for the students that maybe aren't as, they, they want more of the privacy versus they want more of the external stuff. So we try to be cognizant of that and we try to create spaces that, um, given, given the constraints that we have with regards to space and how we can actually be flexible with it, mm. And all of the different requirements that we have to meet. It's like the best design problem in, in a yep. way. is like you have all these constraints and how do you make the most out of what you've got. Right. Um, and you can refine it year after year after year. So it's, it's, for me, it's like the best, the best part of the design process is something we get to iterate on that kind of stuff. Um, you will get students at different years, though, that are, that are more tight-knit and other classes that are far more separate. And, right. I, and that is... That is Regardless of the faculty's intention for that, we try to be very much available and, and create exciting studio experiences for them. I think that's another part of it is like the projects really, really impact how the students interact with one another. So if, this, if, they're, if they're, and that isn't to say like do group projects, that has mixed some, some of them, some of the, the classes because of the dynamic of the, of the group work really, really well in group settings, group projects. I've had classes I've run where the groups were super tight and it was an amazing team experience. Sector Vector, I think I mentioned this to you a while ago, is a, a collaboration that we did with physics. And we developed a board game 
um, that is now on the market. We spun a company off and we produced the board game. That was exceptionally successful because the team, and it was one gigantic team project, but all of those students worked extremely well together. Um, without any prompting from me, they just, they, they got down to work and they, they liked each other and, and the dynamic was good. That did not go the same way the second year I did it because the, t the, the, the students were not close. Yeah. So I've learned that, you know, you have to be careful about which groups you tailor certain projects for, mm -hmm. right? So you have to kind of get to know the student. That's, and we're able to do that because we get to know the students so much all the way from the freshman year up, you know, and we all interact with them yeah. at, through, from freshman year on. Like, I don't necessarily teach with the freshmen, but I still know them. Uh, I still engage with the sophomores even if I don't have them for a particular semester um, because there's only a handful of faculty like we kind of have to. So, so they, they, they don't declare, but they are either interior or industrial first year. Yeah, and they don't, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's not, I don't want to say they don't declare, because they're, they're like, they're going to do, if they're coming here for industrial design, it's very rarely that they'll swap out in the freshman year. It's not to say it's unheard of, yeah. um, but usually after the first semester, freshman year, like, they're pretty much fixed on track. Okay. Um, and the, the curriculum is very rigid, which is a good and bad thing. I think that's part of that whole culture, too, is, like, you look at the course sheet, mm -hmm. those are your courses you're taking there's a little bit of flexibility within like there's a couple of electives but we only offer a couple of electives at that point so you're kind of taking this one or that one yeah it's not like they have to think about well which schedule am i going to do you know they've got a couple different tracks but it's pretty damn locked in yeah um that has an impact on sort of the the cultural environment too because they're all in the classes together all the time yeah so they spend a lot of time a lot of them live with each other funny thing is like the interiors Students, interiors tends to be predominantly female. Yeah. Industrial design is, I would say, like 60 40 yeah. split at, on a good year, maybe a little more like 70 65 35 70 30 on, on, a, on a lighter year, but they, they all end up dating each other. <laughs> so that has a lot to do with like how the programs interact as well, right? Um, so there's like the social aspect that I want nothing to do with, but yeah. I inevitably know yeah. all of it. Yeah. And so uh, we have to be cognizant of some of that too. Like, you know, are these people, again, it, I have to worry about that more from a dynamics right. situation. And at the same time, it's a teaching opportunity to be like, I don't care if you had a fight last night, like you have to get the work done. Yes. Um, so, so, you know, there's, there's a fair amount of that uh, that happens. Um, I think, you know, as a department, we try very hard to make sure that, you know, there's a balance of, and we talk about this all the time, like, are they enjoying this? Is it fun? Yeah. But it has to be educational first and foremost. Like, it's still work. Um, but we still want to, like, we enjoy design. We enjoy putting the extra hours in to make the show happen. We enjoy seeing stuff become real. We enjoy that kind of thing. We try to instill that kind of joy and, and, and engagement in the classes. Yeah. At the same time, we are very aware of the fact that that may not be for everybody. Yeah. So we try to nip that in the bud early on too, of like, if this isn't for you, yeah. like we want to help you find the thing that is for you, um, but we're certainly not going to kick you out. Right. But if your grades aren't up to snuff, then you may self-select to do that. Yeah. But if you keep coming back over and over and over again, and it's still not seeing improvement, like you're just wasting your money. So how do we how do we help them position? And we don't want them to leave the pro, the, the the school necessarily. Right. We have a lot of programs on campus. It might be that management's better. Yeah, you're good at this, but you could be more better. Yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe this thing. Now, fortunately, you know, that doesn't happen that often. Yeah. Um, which is why we graduated 50 kids last year. Right. Uh, 
we've had students that have decided, you know, I, I want to do furniture design exclusively, and there's a program that does that, and, you know, they thank us for what they've learned here, but they know that they want to specialize, and they'll go off and do that kind of thing, and, and I think that's part of that whole culture, too. Like, everybody understands that they're trying to work towards something, and we try to foster that, even if it means it's not here. Yeah. And so they're supportive. We, we try to be supportive of that. Yeah, for example. Pick and pursue. And then you said you have five faculty? Well, let me think. Simon, Jeff, me, Carlos, Nick. But Nick is a shared resource between interiors and yeah. it, for the freshman year stuff. And then Carly's back with us for the summer. But, yeah. you know, we have adjuncts, too. That We have a bunch of adjuncts that we, we tap. But as far as full-time, that's it. Yeah. And then the head of our department teaches as well, Sam. You met Sam. Right. And... So when you say like everyone knows everyone's name, typically it's the younger faculty teaching you know, first and second year. They know them. They kind of keep their name. Yeah. The one who dwell in the fourth years. Yeah. Just they know the name for a couple of months and then that's it. No, we pretty but much know everybody. That's really impressive. Yeah, we pretty much know everybody. I mean, there's the odd person here or there that maybe doesn't interact with them as much. Yeah. Um, just a second. Oh, we got none of time. Oh, can I pause this for a second? Yeah. Okay. Um, and we're back. Uh, I've got... Yeah, what else you got? You're, you're knocking questions out that I haven't even asked yet, so that's great. Um, one that I was going to kind of tag on when you at topic you started on, but how do they enter the program? Mm, that is what a... What powers of these? Yeah. You're going to invest in these people. Yeah, in the next yeah, yeah. Years. So I wish I had a better answer for you. It seems like there's a sort of black magic that happens over in the admissions office. Now, there is an SAT requirement currently, right. so there's a certain score that we're, we're looking for. You don't need a portfolio to get into this program. Yeah. I actually think that's a good thing. Okay. Originally, I was on the fence about that, but having seen the number of students that have come to us from like technical high schools or that come from you know an art background but don't necessarily – more like a technical art background potentially, yeah. um, or they're just crafts. They're into crafts and stuff, but they don't have a real portfolio. They tend to do very well here. So, you know, I would hate to limit, say, well, you, you need a portfolio. And I needed a portfolio to get into mass art. And it was a fine art portfolio. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily indicate that I'm going to be good at industrial design. Right. The one thing that we don't necessarily know is, like, if you've never picked up – and this, this happens. I'm sure you see this, too. Like, we have students that come in who've never picked up a pencil to do anything because right. they're all on their phones now. Like, they, some of them have, have barely – done any handwriting beyond like fifth grade you know so so being able to then teach them how to draw and how to do all that stuff there's a bit of a learning curve there and our progression starts with a very much a sort of observational drawing approach and then ramps up into the more progressive industrial design type of visualization skills Um, but because we don't have that and because we're basing it off of GPA and other things for me I would rather understand like okay what did they have for extracurricular activities and they probably weigh some of this in like yeah. if they come from a technical high school if they had CAD classes if they had this kind of stuff I know the letters matter like did they write their letters applications letters but um, you know a lot of times the students show up at, at sort of accepted students day and that's sort of our first opportunity to meet prospective students that may decide to actually come here um, and so when I ask them where they're from and what they do and, you know, oh, how did you get into industrial design? A lot of people will say, oh, I went on a tour for engineering and I saw industrial design. Yeah. And they're like, and I was like, that's the thing for me. So, you know, I think, I think they can select in, in their application, like what they want to do. Yeah. Right. So that's a helpful thing. Other times, other times they'll get here for some other program and then transfer in, um, because they see what we do and when they want to do that, um, I think it's a pretty typical story of a lot of industrial design. Even now that it's much more well known. Yeah. Did you know what industrial design was? No. 
Yeah, most. I mean, my wife Me did. Neither. She went to. Neither did I. I started in film and animation at RIT, and then yeah. I, I found industrial design when I came back home. They had it at RIT. I did not know what it was. They had a big printer. I was, Hell is this? Yeah. Like I don't know what any of this is. Never did it cross my mind that like somebody has to make this stuff. I wanted to do movie props. Oh, well, you know, all these guys that do movie props have industrial design backgrounds. What the hell is that? Google yeah. industrial design, mass art. All of a sudden, I'm an industrial designer. Mm. Like, that's pretty typical. Even though people know now industrial design from Apple, it becomes yeah. a more commonplace thing. They still don't know what it is. Yeah. They know the name. They know a little bit about what they they do, um, but only from a more of a pop culture perspective not from yeah. an actual like nuts and bolts I say parents are so reluctant to put their kids in yeah. ID school because yeah. well yeah. can you get employed mm-hmm. can you make money yeah um, so while the the process of getting students is a bit of a mystery mm-hmm. do you have a weed out course that sounds kind of negative no no but... no it's fine I just understand um, well we do have the GPA requirement yeah. so you have to you have to meet a 2.5 departmental GPA not yeah. not not institute wide yeah uh, in order to advance to the next uh, stage. Yeah. Um, if you failed particular classes, you have to take those over again. So you may not have to take, you know, you may be able to move forward in the drawing progression, but you can't take studio again. You have to redo studio. Okay. Um, although typically they're all kind of connected, so it's a little bit harder. There's some use, specific scenarios where that'll actually happen. Um, so that's, that's like a hard, fast rule for us. That doesn't always mean that the students are prepared to move forward, right. but that's what it is. We have to let them move forward if they get the 2.5. So. You lose a little bit of this, but you have the observational drawing, mm-hmm. and I know you have the advanced antique. Well, so, the, so our, progression, our progression goes Viz 1, which yeah. is the observational drawing, okay. sighting techniques, basic perspective. They go over to the museum. We're, we're very lucky. We're right across the street from the Museum of Fine Arts, the Isabel Stewart Gardner Museum, yeah. the New England Aquarium. Like, we can go and do life drawing or go draw like sculpture studies or do any of that stuff literally across the street. Yeah. So uh, that's huge, right? And so when you've never drawn anything, um, and, and we maybe we, we tweak these things. You know, we're always kind of noodling the dials a little bit to get it tuned in. Maybe if we need to do more, uh, you know, constructed perspective in the Viz one, and less sort of observational perspective, and try to understand that stuff. Um, but but at its core, it's sort of that's Viz one, yeah. kind of think like advanced high school art class, yeah. right? And Viz two is the foundational industrial design, pencil and paper, and we limit it to pretty much that pencil paper, and it's a lot of like line work and understanding line weight and perspective and we get into a little bit of rendering towards the end. Viz 3 is all about um, rapid ideation and okay. sketching and starting to put together presentation boards and storyboards and that kind of stuff. Viz 4 is a lot of the same but on the digital side so it's learning Photoshop. Now they're already doing some of this in Studio 2 yeah. um, so these classes are technical classes and they're much more of a deep dive into the particular tool sets yeah. and so we've, Carly and I have worked extensively on restructuring Viz 4 in particular, the digital drawing class, to really make sure that it is at the forefront of the tools that are being used currently, that the techniques are being you know, constantly improved, that we're covering relevant material. That stuff's changing all the time. Yep. We have these phenomenal Cintiqs. We have these, these portable Cintiqs. We've got the big boys. My students are buying iPads now. Yeah. I mean, I do almost all my work on an iPad. Yeah. The only time I don't is when I'm doing stuff for class. Yeah. So, you know, we've talked about, okay, well, how are we going to transition into this? Can we, can we provide elements of, like, Procreate and 
and other, you know, Photoshop's going to be on the iPad yep. now full yep. soon. So it's like, how do we make sure that the students who are buying those things are getting stuff from us? So I run workshops a couple times a year to cover some of that stuff just on, on my own, you know, outside of class time just yeah. because I want the kids to be able to know how to use the tools they have. Um, as, as we progress a little bit further in there, that'll probably become, as, as it becomes more of a standardized thing, which we have talked about doing, um, and that's more of a resources issue for like every student to have an iPad kind of deal. Yeah. Um, you know, we'll be transitioning how we teach those skills. Uh, and then I teach a, an elective at the junior level called advanced visualization techniques, which is like way more specialized for particular types of stuff. Um, so like Illustrator, we'll get way deeper in the weeds on Illustrator. We do a lot more, um, you know, a lot of higher end rendering in Photoshop and, and more ideation, rapid ideation stuff. So just to make sure that they're getting, because the courses only meet, you know, four hours a week for, you know, it's two hours twice a week um, for Viz4. For Viz four, it's tough. Yeah. But it's also fourteen weeks. Like we pack a lot in. We pack a lot weeks. in. Yeah, I believe it's fourteen. Yeah. The conversation for later, but the integration of VR into sketching. Oh yeah, that's that, that's gonna be big. That's something that I'm I'm actually trying to build a studio course with computer science and industrial yeah. design that's gonna be around that. I was up in Toronto oh god, last year, end of last year, to try out Sketchbook's new VR yeah, yeah. stuff. Um, that was pretty cool. Um, they're going to be, I think th that's going to become a more prevalent thing in yep. the future. We're, we're talking about how we're going to integrate some of the VR and AR stuff. We're having a discussion too. Uh, it's, it's, it's exciting. I love that stuff, but it's also some of the best games I've ever played. <laughs> Beat Saber, <laughs> my God, so much fun. <laughs> oh, if you haven't tried it yet, it is bonkers. It's so great. That's what I was telling you. I was, no, I played the Archer game in the lab. Oh, I love it in the lab. That's so much fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my wife played Beat Saber. She loved it. It's so great. Let's, it's like dance. It's awesome. let's trade yeah. off into like sure. ask you a hiring question then I'll go back to either program or studio yeah. um, when you're looking for new faculty what type of professional and what type of person are you looking for well oh, excuse me we haven't looked for a lot of new faculty recently yeah. we, we when we do particularly well for I can speak to adjunct because I've been involved in, in the adjunct because that's when we've been around. One, you know, I, it's nice if they have teaching experience prior, but it's not necessary. Um, for the adjunct stuff, particularly in the technical, oh, there she is, uh, particularly in the technical realm, like for the drawing classes and stuff, they need to be good yeah. at what they do, right, first and foremost, and then we will have an interview with them, and, you know, personality-wise, they have to understand what they're getting into, and patience is an important part of that. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, a lot of times the questions that I ask tend to revolve around, okay, like, how are you under stress kind of things, you know? Yeah. Like, tell me about a project that you had that went really, really badly, and how did you handle it, and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, we can, you want to pause and say hi? I do. That are getting hammered. I know. It's, I it's think finals. they're dead. I, I don't know. Like, <laughs> they're breathing, right? All right. Um, so, yeah, no, industrial design moves really, really fast, and we have to. It's the nature of our industry, right? Yeah. When, when a company comes to us and says, oh, we want to do this project, it usually means like tomorrow. Yes. You know, the rest of the school has a lot of hoops that you have to jump through in order to say, like, get a project aligned, right? Or do a collaboration with an outside organization. Right. It has to go through the lawyers and everybody else. And they're very, very, very 
reticent to do anything that is even remotely risky, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So even though we know it's going to be fine, we've done this a million times, we know, you know, you, they'll say, well, you never really know. And you're like, well, we've done this like a hundred times. Like, yeah. I have a pretty good idea. Ideas are pretty yeah. cheap. There's precedent. Like, like be we great, but they're cheap. Um, and so, so we have to be prepared to like sign an agreement to be able to do this project for a studio that starts in a week. Yeah. I have to plan six months out. So when I wanted to do the last Hasbro thing, I started that those wheels turning six months ago. Yeah. And then it finally, and then the first one happened, and then the second one was easier to do right. because we had the same kind of agreement and that kind of thing, you know. So you have to you have to build a foundation, and then you have to prove that you can do it, and it's a lot of trust building. Yeah. Um, it's also a lot of who you know. So if you know the right person, then they just be like, yeah, okay, and yeah. sign it, and you're just done. Yeah. And you're like, why was this so hard? But that's true of every every place. That's yeah. true of everywhere. I think it's per- I think it's particularly true in higher ed, like it like. I would say 90% of what I spend my time doing is relationship building on other places yeah. in other departments and in, in, you know, I'm on the faculty senate and I'm yeah. doing other crap to try and make sure that when the time comes, like, I can get the exhibition in the lobby of the CEIS building without right. jumping through a million hoops. So, I think you have to do that. Yeah, I think a less driven person wouldn't agree with you, but... Well, those people kind of typically don't. I mean, and, and to be fair, I mean, it, I think that those that's a huge part of what makes someone successful yeah like yeah. You, you if if you're not willing to put that time in then you're not going to get the results that you want right. out of the end of the day um so yeah that's kind of where we're at on yeah. that front feel free to jump in at any point in time by the way i'm gonna ask the same question two ways and we'll see what, what comes up <laughs> the first way is backwards um, <laughs> as a program what is whitworth id known for i would say making yeah yeah um I would say that we are we are very quickly I think rising in the ranks with regards to the polish side of stuff too I would think you know like we, we tend to have very nicely put together stories and packages mm-hmm. for our top performing students they tend to do exceptionally well with that but yeah making I mean it's it's been that way for a long long time you saw our shops like yeah. our students know how to make stuff yeah um, and many of them are very interested in that Although we are seeing, I'd say, a bifurcation. We're getting more and more folks that are interested in the research side and the... I love that word, bifurcation. Oh, yeah. We're getting more and more students that are re- that are on the research and sort of less physical side of stuff. Yeah. Digital, too. You know, we, we have people that are more and more interested in digital. So we're responding to that by offering some some more coursework in the UI UX space. Although I hate to call it UX because it's all UX. And yeah. We don't want my rant on record for a long time. Um, but while we're in that space, like, yeah. we know that the industry is rapidly changing. So what efforts are y'all doing to adjust to that change? I think that's part of it is, you know, we're trying to offer more program, more more programming in the UI space. Yeah. Um, some of it. Five, six faculty. Do you just hire? Say, Adjunct. You have a special, okay. we have, Adjunct. So, so we have some of our classes. We will, we will have, um, like, modules. So mm-hmm. it's a one-month module. And then we do, like, our information architecture class is a great example of that. Uh, we do a one-month module with sort of like infographic data visualization. There'll be another one in sort of UI stuff. Then there'll be another module that's in um, uh, film, video. And so they get sort of a, a little mix of that stuff. Um, we have a business and design class yeah. that we run to try and ki- you know, tailor to some of that need. Yeah. Um, I think if, 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 to really do it, we need another year. Right. Um, I was yeah. just gonna say, I think we like when we redid the first year yeah. curriculum, it could still be better. Yeah. Like that was four, three, four years ago. Yeah. Oh, geez, uh, maybe more than that. 
don't know. No, but we like yeah. made it so that the industrial designers have an ID Studio One. Yeah. Okay. Which I've enjoyed teaching. It's yeah. been a minute since grad school, but yeah. where you know they come in at eight o'clock in the morning on the first day of college and see this. Yes. <laughs> and I think that that because <laughs> the the layout of this program is very community based. Yeah. And I mean, it's like we talk about it all the time. If there's someone back in the studio area who I don't know, it's weird. Like yeah. they probably shouldn't be there because I know everybody. Yeah. Derek said the same everybody. thing. Like when he said we know everyone, I was yeah. immediately doubtful because I haven't. I haven't seen any programs. How that dare you that doubt year. me? No. <laughs> I don't doubt your goodness. I doubt everyone else's goodness. Oh, I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. The only way to settle is. is yeah, over the top. Everyone learns yeah. like, and you're gonna name yeah. them as they go down the road. Uh, but pulling the students in in the first year, I think, um, is one way to maybe catch them. Mm-hmm. Like, so as the students are evolving, this might be sorely short-sighted, but if we can get to know them earlier, I yeah. think it gives the faculty a better opportunity to to work with them and to understand some of these places where you have to adapt. Of course, that's great with, like, immense frustration. Oh, yeah, yeah, At the yeah, end yeah. of the semester, we're all, all in that spot of, like, yeah. how many times do I have to tell you this yeah. detail that's important? Were you listening the yeah. first time? Clean your room. Or the third time? Now, that's why right. are you talking <laughs> yeah. back to me? Like, I'm trying to help you, man. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, that's very true. But, yeah. But I think that's just all good. I think in a different program, it would be, like, well, tough luck. You're like out floating in the ether. Yeah, yeah. But which, which, which you hear from other students that I've talked to from other programs, like they don't know their faculty really. Yeah. They don't know. I mean, the funny thing is, the students all know us, and we know know our students. But if you ask them who their community's teacher is, yeah, they have no idea. Yeah. Not even. Like they don't even. They come in a lecture and leave. It doesn't really leave. No. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So meanwhile, they live in studio. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We live in studio. I was there till midnight last night. Yeah. So like, that's the way it goes. You know. Right. Um, and and I think it's it depends on yeah. it, it depends on it depends on the faculty member. Not everybody's going to be there. Like some family, some people have families and they've got kids and they've got all that kind of stuff. But I would say they still know the students pretty well. It was different. It was I would say it was even better when we were also advising the freshmen. We don't do that. I mean, we still have students that we advise, but we aren't not technically their official advisors anymore. Mm-hmm. They, they've, they've taken that away from the departments and it's all within humanities now, which is yeah. real weird for me. Because um, I used to get to know the freshmen even if I didn't have them through the advising yeah. program. Um, so now it's more a matter of like, I just pop into the drawing classes and I say hi and introduce myself or I'll talk to them at the opening day thing a little bit and at least know their faces. Yeah. So for freshmen, if I don't have them, you know, I, I at least know their face. Yeah. Um, well, they do get Show to know me you. Face. Like, that is yeah. a funny thing, yeah. even with the juniors right now, where they know me, but I don't know them. Yeah. Because I haven't taught them. But right. they say, oh, hey, Carly. And it's like, hi. <laughs> 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 well, What's you know, and, and, and the younger faculty that are on social media, that are yeah. on Instagram in particular, yeah. that post work, that do that kind of stuff, that maybe have done things that are, you know, more public facing. Mm-hmm. Like, the students know you long before you know them. Yeah. And that's weird. It's great. Yeah. It's great because it makes it makes it gives you street cred uh, right out of the gate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the I think I think that as a rule, I think if faculty can learn, and I don't just mean this here. I think this is faculty across the board can learn how to utilize that properly. It could yeah. be a very powerful tool to help us engage with the students better. But I find that a lot of faculty, particularly older faculty, tend to 
be wary of it, not want to do it, shun it a little bit. Although Simon, you met Simon, like he's yeah. very active on that. He posts his work all the time, and it's very, very good for the students to see that, yeah. right? Like it's not just random crap. It's like it's very good work. Um, for me, that is what Instagram is best for doing. Yeah. The bad parts of that are a whole different story, but I think if we can utilize the tool for good, then it offsets some of the the negative aspects that we see come along with that stuff too. And kind of I've talked about this for at length. Yeah. Um, around that. Students who follow me, because I'm like, you're gonna see puppies and pies. <laughs> yeah, it's, good, yeah. it's an important part of life. It's pretty um, accurate representation. <laughs> And I haven't been as active on that stuff recently just because I've had so much other stuff going on, but uh, but eventually I'll come back to that because I think it is, I think it can, I think it's important that we set a good example there yeah. because it is part of what we're doing, right? Like, here's how you do this professionally. Here's how you, here's how you, you know, cultivate a respected persona in that space and not, you know, one that is... Well, this, I mean, this is so topical not, because we were just talking about it in the department meeting earlier this week, mm-hmm. but I, it brings to mind, I think one thing that Wentworth does pretty well consistently is that over time there tends to be an older set of faculty and a younger set, mm-hmm. and yeah. I think, you know, that brings challenges certainly, but for the most part, I think that different faculty members can offer different things. So, like, Simon can make anything, but he looks like Cape Cod, and until the very end of the semester, like... I mean, I don't know. He's here all the time. He is it's here all the time. Example, He's a tough but... example because he that dude lives here. Like he gets up at four in the morning and he leaves at like ten o'clock at night. He's, I do not like know how he does it. Year. Yeah, I don't know how he does it. He's been doing it for years. Um, hey, Kevin. There's guys. Um, yeah. I have a nuts question. How do the module classes work? Whether a month long, is it one teacher teaching all the modules, or do you swap out? Teachers get like uh, it's like a half credit each. Right. Yeah, that's primarily this the senior class. Right? Yes. Yeah. 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 So they get right there's now. three teachers. It's a one and a half credit. They each get a half credit. I think that's what it is. Something like that. Um, which makes I mean, it's something like it's a month yeah. each. I believe that's how that works. Um, I should know that exactly, but I don't remember. Um, two nights a week. Yeah, it's two nights a week, I believe. Um, and then they have they have. Uh, and that's been that's actually been really I think that's been a very good way to handle introducing some of the stuff that doesn't fit within the core curriculum because you can't yep. ignore the core curriculum stuff too. Yeah. Now. And it's a monster to change classes. Well, where we where we get to do it a little bit is in the junior and senior years when we introduce the themed studios that allow the students to be able to. So this is something that's a little bit different maybe, is that we will offer four different studios or three different studios and the students can pick which one they want to do. Okay. And there's a certain element of, uh, you know, they get to pick their fa- their first, second, or third choice. Um, but most of the time, people get their first pick, which is yeah. pretty cool. So in the years past, we've done uh, exhibition design. We've done game design. We've done the adventure studio thing. We do furniture. We do furniture, footwear, and miscellaneous. I tend to fall into the miscellaneous one. I'll either run it as... Frivolities. Something new, yeah. That's what I um, Frivolous. My yeah. frivolous studios, yeah. Uh, <laughs> But, you know, at the junior level, we've done soft goods, we do, we've done gaming, we've done lighting, we've done exhibition design, we've done all different kinds of stuff. And we try to mix it up a little bit, depending on what we think the students Bikes. might be interested in. What was that? Bicycles. Bicycles, yeah, we did yeah. the bike studio, yeah. Um, and 
part of that, like, Adventure Studio came out of me going, like, man, this would be really cool. And I asked a bunch of students, if I did this, like, would, would this be something that you'd be interested in? I asked them this during their junior year. I said, okay, it's going to take me probably six months to be able to get everybody on board and do this kind of stuff. So by the time that they were seniors in the spring, that was ready to roll. And it was the same class that I'd asked in the junior year. So, like, planning ahead is a really important part of that. And part of being able to gauge what we think the students are going to be interested in so I can start putting the pieces together to make something exciting for them um, and interesting for me because I don't want to teach the same thing all the time. I mean, I have other interests as well. Um, how do we, how do we, how do we do that? And so a lot of it just comes down to knowing the students, like Carly said, and like being engaged with them from the time that they're freshmen. Um, and understanding what, where everybody's, like I knew that I had a very large contingent of people in this senior class that were into outdoor stuff. Yeah. So I said, okay, and we had 19 out of 36 people put that down as their first pick. I could pick eight. Eight of them got picked. I shouldn't even say because it's a lottery at that point if it caps out. So, so when that happened, it was like, okay, we have a hit. Like, now, will that be as exciting or as, as, will as many people be interested in that next year? Yeah. Maybe not. I don't know. It sounds like yes. I've already asked. But, um, but you know, the game design studio stuff is uh, – Greg. Um, the game design studio stuff is, um, is another one that's been, been really fun. For, for folks because they like games. Yeah. It's like, oh, everybody likes games. That's Designing cool. games is very different than playing them, though. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's very hard. You know. You know. So, same question, different perspective. If a student graduated, you ask them to look back on their career. We don't do it. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, what would they say the most impactful projects or the, the most Sam just asked learned, <laughs> learned lessons? Like, what are they leaving with? Or what are those tangible scars? Uh, if I could put it that way. Oh, jeez. Um, it's funny because the chair of our department just interviewed uh, the seniors with these same questions yeah. um, the other day. You know, I think the, the furniture... Pro, like the kids that take the furniture studio really really love the furniture studio they tend to have very fun memories of that you know you're gonna get the typical answers of like I didn't sleep much yeah you know that's like the big one uh, yeah, I think there's like even in talking with the senior class a little bit I think it varies a lot person to person sure like sure 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 I think we've got we have so many different flavors of students yeah so you've got the folks from the adventure studio who are just like like they're grinding they're working they're excited so yeah. they're more invested um, and then you have people who are, we have first generation students, you have people who are working what is basically a full time job and also doing yeah. this. I think um, in the past, like in the sophomore year, we've run some really arduous projects like uh, aluminum casting, where, mm. and maybe on the edge of like too much, yeah. like walking the line. Um, but for the students who get it, who put the time in, who do all the carving, and then spend the hours polishing aluminum, um, I, I would suspect that one of the things they're walking away from this place with, yeah. if they've engaged with it, is that it takes work. Like, it takes work. Yeah. And Calluses, too. They also leave with calluses, yeah. which is good. No, it's true. Yeah. That's true. Not everyone gets it, and I think that's one of the, like, as students change, as times change. Yeah. One of the bigger challenges, because even even this summer, I mean, with our offices being up above the studio, yeah, like you looking down constant, upon them, yeah, <laughs> we gotta crack one of those windows. We gotta get yeah. a window yeah. that you can open. Uh, Just yell um, at them, hey, <laughs> look busy. They're like, they're, they have, they're, they have, 
they haven't been here as much as in the past. Yeah. But it doesn't mean they're not working, and some of them are like it's so many moving parts. Um, but I don't know. That's one thing, though. I think in this program, especially with the emphasis on making, yeah. and the fact that most folks don't come in with half of the skills, right? That you just gotta put the time on. Right. Yeah, and work ethic, right? Like a lot of them leave, and they'll say like, "Oh, you know." To Carly's point, if they did it well, like they'll say, "Oh yeah, I put a lot of time into that, and I got a lot of great stuff out of it." Yeah. Um, and I think you know, they'll remember the the unique experiences that we try to cultivate. They may not remember it now too. We've had students come back years later. You know, I've been doing this for nine years now, so I have students that graduated, you know, eight eight years ago that I I now work with. You know. That I now talk to. I'm yeah. 78 years old. Did you know that? We started teaching at the uh, same time. Yeah. So like, weird. it's um, it's it's a it's a strange thing. And, you know, I, while I was teaching, I was working full time, and I ran the museum, and I did a bunch of other stuff, mm-hmm. and I got to engage with students in a bunch of different levels throughout all of those things, as interns or as as students or as coworkers or whatever. And the ones that I that I work with now, who graduated, you know, way way back, or who I have worked with, uh, will say like, oh, you know, I didn't realize that until now yeah and so you're like oh hmm, good it's working like they figured it out you know like they still remember that we talked about that stuff back in school so a lot of the times when i'm talking to students i'm just like you wait you'll see like and that's part of what comes with age right right? it comes with experience and time but i think a lot of them are maybe i would say maybe i don't know if you agree with this but it's like maybe a 50 50 split of the ones who are like no i get it now and you're like, cool. And then the other ones, they're like, I'll never understand this. <laughs> but then they come back later. So you just kind of like, okay, we'll wait. Wait for the session. But like, it, it, that, uh, we talked about that split again. You know, there, it seems like there is a, a very clear split, yeah. which is weird. I don't know what that's that about. That segues perfectly, I think, to my last question. Um, and it is my most diabolical question. You have standards for your students. You have Zero. standards for yourself. Right, yep. Mm-hmm. How do you communicate those things? to the people you are investing in for four years of your life? Mostly sort of an interpretive dance yeah. that I perform <laughs> for like, I don't know, seven hours at a time. Yeah, yeah. it's amazing. No, um, I mean, part of it is, is trying to show them those standards and I'm, yeah. it's getting harder and harder to do because my responsibilities uh, for other stuff are offsetting my ability to actually do professional design work in front of them right? right? and show them that stuff. So it used to be by doing it, right? Yeah. And I, st- I like to think that's still the case, you know, yeah. like by working three jobs at the same time yeah. and, uh, you know, them being able to see some of that stuff. I think that's part of it. Um, but also being able to manage doing those things. It's not like it kills me yeah. to do that stuff. So I think that's part of the lesson we're trying to teach them is like how do you manage all of this stuff at the same time and still not, you know, still be able to have a life and, and, and sleep and eat fine and do all that. Right. Um, so I, th- I think the other part of it is like understanding the standards that we set and also understanding sort of the level that they're at yeah. and trying to help get them to that standard level. It sometimes takes a lot more time. Yeah. Certain students get it right away, other students don't. I think the challenge for me, I don't know if this really answers your question, but the challenge for me is kind of understanding like how to, even now after doing this for so long, like which students I can kind of yeah. tailor that to and which ones I have to spend a little more time with and 
is me spending the time with them actually getting the results that we want mm-hmm. out of it and if it isn't how do we change that like that that seems to be where my head's at a lot more now yeah. I don't worry about students like Will who are doing a phenomenal job yeah. and they're just doing the, like, I, I almost don't have to do it like, you're you're just like here you go yeah I mean that's what it is right and like I get inspired by the stuff that they're doing I'm like man yeah. I wish I could do that I'll never be able to do that they're yeah. doing stuff that's way beyond what I could do when I was a student let alone now yeah. right because I don't I don't spend my time doing that stuff anymore um, whereas you have other students that are just are you're you're cheerleading but in a different way and you're trying to get them to understand that like they have the potential and the ability to do that and maybe they're just kind of lazy yeah. or maybe they're not going to get it and then at a certain point I'm just like I'm not going to spend my time on that yeah. anymore like I this is not a good use like I have the other student that can spend that I need to spend the time with and this person does not want to do this yeah. and that breaks my heart I hate, I hate being in that boat but that comes down to that standard. Like my standard is that you're gonna work. Yeah. And if you aren't gonna put the work in, you're not gonna get that that feedback. Yeah. You're not gonna get that same level. I, I just it, I just can't do it. Um, there's not there's too many students. There's too little time. Yeah. Um, I hate that. I don't like that part of it. But it is kind of the reality and sort of where I'm at now. So, that. Charlie. <laughs> well, I think I mean your answer addressed two things, which I think is pretty because you've got motivation and you've got standards yeah. and I think that they go hand in hand but um, I think standards and this has shifted for me recently mm. maybe in the past week maybe a little bit <laughs> agitated about the end of the semester mm. but uh, you know I've started I think that structure is a really important piece of teaching mm. and mm-hmm. so as much as possible I try to establish a structure at the beginning I think like with our seminar course that we taught this summer we sometimes at the senior level, like I think it's nice to give them a little more freedom and to have a course that's a little bit less structured, but I think that class this year was a reminder that like, no, you have to lead in. You have to lead in with those guardrails. Yeah. If they prove that they're staying on the road, yeah. then you can lower them. Yeah. But to come in with no railings, uh, like mm. you're gonna go right off it's the side a, of the road. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> into a ditch. It, it was th- that was it was a really interesting. Our students that are really, really mature and top performers and high performers, it was impressive to see how quickly they got pulled down, to to the to the just chaos of like of the the students that are not as focused that are. It was it was actually quite impressive well, to see that happen. I mean, like yeah. We tolerated things in the course that if I was teaching, like in just about any other situation, yeah. I would absolutely yeah. flat out not tolerate. Our yeah. students were coming to him and it's late regularly. Yeah. And they, I mean, and, and it becomes really challenging, I think, in the last semester of the senior year. Yeah. Because then it's like, do you sit them down and say, well, you're being foolish and you're going to fail a course that is meant by design to be easy yeah. and help you? But what is that even? Like, it gets complicated, I think. But the more I like, the more I can, the more I like to, at the beginning of a course, say, here are the ground rules. Like, here's how we're going to do things. Here's what you should expect. In the fall at Notre Dame, I'll be teaching digital drawing. And part of that is, like, you have to be in this computer lab. You have to understand that you're going to be in this space for a minimum of six hours outside of our class time, but probably much more than that if you're really doing good work. Um, and to just articulate it. Yeah. Uh, and then I think that when you nudge towards the motivation piece, 
I try to say, I try to articulate that, like, I believe in you. Like, I believe in you so much. I see your potential. Even for the, the, the student who really is not getting it, yeah. it's yeah. what is working. But to say, I want you to see, like, yeah. to reiterate that. Yeah. I think um, the other piece about the standards, though, just to kind of wrap that up, yeah. is, like, when students are underperforming, I think you have to say something. Like, yeah. we had peanut posters yeah, 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 yeah. where students were operating at an unacceptable level. Like, we had, I mean, I think my, uh, maybe I shouldn't be shouting. No, no, yeah. Things, yeah, please do. Uh, one of your One of them, doing, yeah. Yeah. Like, it's meant to be, they have a senior show, they're supposed to plot out their posters. This is so they can see and understand the scale and proportions. It's, like, for their benefit. We've done it intentionally, yeah. and he comes with a poster that's, like, this big. And for the record, it's very small. <laughs> it's, like... 17 by 11. So, yeah. yeah. Laser yeah, jet printer. Yeah, right. right. That's exactly it. And, you know, trying to put on the morning of, and just all the standard stuff that grad school has built more to me yeah because I've certainly you know this spring at six o'clock in the morning of my final review I was printing a render that had been rendering all night and you know you find yourself in those spots but I just I had to say listen this is not okay this is not okay this is not acceptable and you need to buck up like you have got to do better than this if anyone is going to take your seriously you have to take yourself seriously to get others to take you seriously and I hate hate being pushed to that face yeah because i'd like to skip through the halls and you know sing songs and i'd much rather stay in the i believe in you space but oh man classic ben bush move thought we were done turn the audio off and i realized i was missing some really good stuff so turn it back on and we are going now um curiosity yeah interesting people is another one that i think is very valuable but i don't know if i can teach that i can put you in situations I mean, the design sure. research course that's yeah. part of the thesis project here. Yeah. Um, we push them, and again, it's one of these things where the folks are doing it really well. They go out and they talk to people, and the way that we try to set that up, at least in the past, I'm a little bit rusty because I'm here in the summer now. Uh, um, but instead of like designing a better soccer ball, we want them to go hang out with soccer coaches and the players and watch the games and see the practices mm-hmm. so that they can then see what's actually going on and prove the need for whatever it is that they're making. Yeah. And I don't know what the actual success rate is on that, because you can have a good thesis project even if you didn't really do the research super well. But but the ones who do the research they're have really, really good projects. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like, if you do the research, you're almost guaranteed a good project, whereas yeah. if you don't do the research, you might get something that hits. Yeah. That's pretty good if you're... And, and, I, and we shouldn't even say this, it's really more the primary research versus the secondary research. They all do secondary research. Google's great for that. Like you yeah. can still do very good research without going out into the field. I, I, yes. I'm not going to pretend like that is not a thing. You can do that, but it's so much better when you actually go and do it firsthand. Yes. So the students that do that tend to have much much better results. Yeah. Um, but we decided that about a year ago that if you're going on, you can do Google, and there is merit to that, and it helps hone in maybe where sure, you should yeah, go. Yeah. That's a good first but step, you know. In terms of qualitative yes first person talk to people get like their emotional response but you're not going to be the quantitative big data of a google no 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 that can just like pour millions this is the stuff so you got to do them together right yeah Yeah. um the 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 creativity question of like how do you foster the creativity and how do you like where does that that spark come from and, and the kids who have the spark versus the 
the young adults that don't, um, can't call them kids anymore. Um, you know, I, that's a tough one. I'm still not 100% on that. Yeah. I don't know. I think you can learn some of it, but I think that there's a certain aspect of it that, you know, if you make connections quickly mm. and you can see interesting things that line up and make weird stuff, you know, I think a lot of that comes that comes from way back when you were a little kid. Yep. You know, um, the folks that tended to be doing that at an earlier age tend to do really well. Yeah. The other folks have to play a little bit of catch up. Um, and I don't know if some of that can be taught or if some of that's just nature. I think you can teach it. You can I teach totally it. Can yeah. Teach it, but I think you have to lead in with it. And that's like one of the struggles when we in our like design studio one are making crystal cubes, which I love. Mm -hmm. I mean, I love that. It's an important lesson on craft, but it's hard to be talking about creativity yeah. when you're building paper shapes. Yeah. <laughs> but then again, like, it's the, the communication thing. You have a yeah. great idea. If you can't translate it to something that's useful, yeah. it's yeah. not, it has value, but it's not. I think so much of that comes from having a foundation, a broad foundation and a, a, a significant library of reference points, mm -hmm. right? So, you know, when you're a kid, if you're exposed to a whole bunch of different stuff, Right, fine art, old movies, new movies, music, uh, humor, cartoons, uh, comic books, whatever, whatever it is. Like, if you have a lot of that, and you were somebody that took a lot of that stuff in, you have a much broader uh, array of things to draw connections from. Right. What I am finding is that a lot of students now don't have that depth of of background. Right? They don't have all the reference points. They don't have, they're very, very up to date with what is happening right now. You can thank social media for a lot of that stuff. Mm -hmm. But they have very, very little knowledge of anything that preceded any time before they were born. Yeah. That impacts the ability to be creative because you don't have the, the references. You don't have the, the foundational knowledge. You don't have the, the, uh, the things to draw metaphors together with because you don't know that they exist. Yeah. So it's it, you. You can you can teach it, but it, it requires you to teach more than just that thing. It's like you have to then you have to bring them up to speed through everything that's happened in a particular historical space, right? For them to then understand, like, oh, I can draw these connections between all these things, or I can draw a connection from here to over here. Yeah. So you know, you catch them when they're eighteen, and that's that's eighteen years of them either having that or not, or or somewhere yeah, in between that. You know, huge potential is um, huge. Yeah. And so, so I find the students that tend to have more of that or are interested in that tend to do a little bit better at the, at the abstract stuff. Yeah. Whereas the ones who don't, you know, you, you have to spend a lot more time explaining to them that like, there's, there's a lot out there. It's at their fingertips. They have to go look at it. And that taking that step yeah. is, is, seems to be a hard thing to do. Um, because it isn't happening right now. It's not hot, new, and current. Yeah. And that's come up in conversations I've had with the kids. Like, they, they know who, you know, Little Weezy, I don't know their names. There's a rapper, I don't know. But, I, I don't know these people, you know? Yeah. But they don't understand that, like, you listen to the music, it goes back five, you know, you can you can draw. Yeah. Actually, you know, oh, this sounds it. like Stevie Wonder. Yeah, the like, sample Who? from the 70s, Motown, like, yeah. What? Like, you know, to me, that's crazy. But I didn't grow up with that. I yeah. just know that that exists because my parents listen to it and mm -hmm. vice versa. They have no idea what their parents listen to. Yeah. They have no frame of reference. That's, I feel like that's the biggest, that's one of the biggest gaps that I'm seeing right now with regards to the creativity uh, component and the, the 
evolution of the design stuff. So you talked about, you asked earlier what one of the biggest challenges is. I think it's like filling in that reference gap. Mm. Uh, I don't know how to do that either necessarily. It's a big, that's a big asset. It, that's recruit recruit those was, students. Mm. The, um, we, I was just trying to push them to pick interesting things to do for mm. the final mm. project. And so we, like on the board, I had a column for pretty much like who, what, like what, where, and you make those sorts of lists and there are no constraints. So like it could be anyone, it could be a child, it could be yeah, a dog, yeah, yeah. it could be a doctor, it could be a dentist, it could be, and to me that's something that's like, we can sit here and write 500 different things, like with relatively little struggle. And it was very illuminating because it was really hard. Like I have only four <laughs> students in that class, but once people got rolling a little bit, uh, it got a little bit easier. You're like dog, you're like, okay, another one? Small uh, dog? Like, yeah, it's like, yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, wild <laughs> dog. Wild. Dog. Well, that and that's the other thing too, right? Like, okay, wild dog. So I immediately go to wolf. Yeah. Right, and then wolf brings me to jungle book, and then yeah. jungle book brings me to this other stuff. It's just getting those those stepping stones. Yeah. I'm finding they're having a harder and harder time doing that. Mm. They're just like, they just kind of stare at you. Yeah. Does nothing come to mind when you say the thing? Like, there's got to be so those free association techniques and like yeah. the mind maps and stuff. I find those to be very, very beneficial. Um, personally, I tend to do a lot of my initial thinking is writing stuff down. It's chicken scratch and it yeah. looks terrible, but it's good for me. Um, but even even those activities, you know, they, they tend to not want to do it because uh, they think they just like, oh, I've got this thing and I have to, I have it here. I think it goes back to what Carly was saying about putting the time and work in. Like you still have to go through those exercises, even if you think you know the answer. Yeah. Um, so it's, uh, yeah, I think that that's that's a big piece of that. One of the biggest barriers that I'm wrestling with right now is the idea of college being second high school, where they want they want the grade and the grade is irrelevant. And so I'm like, I, the grade is irrelevant. I want you to push yourself. Mm-hmm. I want you to be curious. <laughs> yeah, it's. You're I'm opening up a can of store. worms here. Uh, yeah, I'm just throwing malt off your way. No, I, it is it is extraordinarily frustrating to me, and it's it's getting it's getting. Uh, I feel like that's getting worse. I propose gap year. Yeah. You can't come to my college until you've had a year off. Talking to another uh, former student yesterday, she didn't really know what she wanted to until she graduated, and then like for six months she kind of just struggled it out, and, and then during that time she's like. Okay, this is what I had done. So yeah. I like and don't like. Yeah. She kind of built up that inventory. Yeah. And she's like, all right, that's what I want to do. That's the, the, the job title ish, what yeah. I want to do. Yeah. And then yeah. she retooled the portfolio to get the thing she yeah. wanted. Yeah. But Great. it's that time that I well, missed you know, I a think lot of times. A, a lot of students haven't worked before. Yeah. Finding they've never had a high school job. They haven't had, um, not so much the seniors, but like the sophomores and the freshmen that I've, I've chatted with. Mm-hmm. Um, so they don't they don't know what that is. They've had a lot of stuff sort of taken care of for them. Yeah. They don't hang out with friends. They don't they don't do stuff. Mm-hmm. It's just it kind of falls. And then they get here and their parents expect it to be like high school. Yeah. And uh, you know they take the weekends off. Like you can't do you can't yeah. do that. You can't take the weekend off. Right. Like that's not a thing. Like I don't take the weekend off. You can't yeah. take the weekend off. Um, that homework. You have homework, yes. but it's like it's not like high school homework where you can wait. Like you can only sand and paint shit so fast, mm-hmm. right? Like it's not yeah. like I'm just gonna bang this paper out. It's gonna be fine. Maybe the humanities classes are doing that, but yeah. I don't think so. I don't think that's the case there either. So <laughs> it's just it's very. Um, it was very. That's very telling. 
Yeah. Uh, that's problematic. That is a very big problem. That's it tickles problem. me. So we have a, our weed out class is a summer long top 45 get in and painting's part of it. Yeah. A lot of them have never made something in their life. Sure. And so no, I no we them, have that too. We first day it. of class. You paint it. When it gets into my class at 8.30, I want to pick it up. Mm-hmm. And my hands blew the rest of the day. I'm like, this is cause and effect. Make yeah, decisions yeah, yeah, and suffer yeah, yeah, consequences. Yeah, yeah. What's your name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Thank you, young. Yeah. No, I think that's I think that's a that's a tough that's a tough challenge. That's a tough challenge. I've been seeing that like declining yeah. over the last four years, more so than ever before. But yeah. uh, we talk about it all the time. We talk about it all the time. I think we have to figure out a way to. to I, I don't know, you know, subvert that uh, when they first get here too. To Carly's point, like you got to head it off at the pass. But also, if you rip it off like a band aid, uh, you know, it, I, I equate it to like a heroin addict. Like you mm. can't just stop cold turkey. Right. Right. Some of them might make it. Some of them won't. Mm. But if you wean them off of that necessity to have their hand held the entire time, yeah. I think you're gonna have a better success rate at doing it. As much as I would love to just be like. Pull the rug out from underneath them. I don't think you can. Yeah. Because you're gonna you're gonna lose. too many of them have been doing it the other way for so long now. Yeah. That it's uh, it's too much of a shock. So. Well, the number one, and I mean this might be overwhelmingly obvious, but the the number one thing, particularly in the earlier years, is when students ask me a question, I just ask it right back all yeah. the time. Yeah, yeah. All of the time. So that I do it every day. Why are you here? For you. Yeah. Just like this. Back here. I mean, and if they say, "Why did I get this grade?" Why do you think you got that great? Right, yeah. right, right. Like, right. let's unpack this. They're like, what? And <laughs> don't, I mean, it's amazing. In about two weeks, they understand if they come to me with a question, they're going to have to answer it first. Yeah. And it's not that, I mean, I want to help them, and I will. Like, if there's a student who just completely does not get it, yeah. I'm not going to be like, well, what do you think? <laughs> yeah. But for the most part, it, like, do you like this one or this one? Worst question. In the oh, yeah. As far as yeah. yeah, no question about that. Should, there are worse. I was thinking, <laughs> though, like, how do you like it? Yeah. But that's a perfect one to reverse. How, how do you, you like it? it? Yeah. <laughs> how do I like yeah. this? Do you <laughs> like this one or this one more? Why? I think I'm Why? great. Everything I do is fantastic. I'm not teachable. I didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> well, right. That's where that like technique tanks is when you have a student who's like, they're really great. I just think they're perfect. I yeah. just think I made the most perfect thing. And you're like, <laughs> yeah. we have... Yeah, different. <laughs> tell you why you're wrong. Yeah. 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 Well, that's part of the the Instagram thing, and and I was not really aware of this too much until Carly had brought it to my attention at one point. I was like, oh, oh shit! Like you're really you're right on this, and I've talked about this in the past too, because it was very eye opening. Like I had not really thought about that at all, but when you have a student post up work online mm-hmm. and all of their friends say this is awesome, mm-hmm. rad dude, so cool. Kids still say rad, right? I don't know, but they get they get this like. And yeah. you're like, this is awesome work. Oh, no, 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 it is not awesome yeah. work. And I'll tell you why it's not. Well, my friends thought it was awesome, so what do you know? Well, way more than you. Like, that's why I'm here. Uh, it doesn't matter. Like, the Instagram, the, the moth has spoken and it's yeah. said that everything's fine. Uh, that, is a, that is a hurdle and a half that I did not even see coming. Yeah. And, and, and that was, that was tough. that's been a tough, that's been surprisingly difficult to, to get over. Not with everybody, but with the students that really buy into that stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, fortunately, that stuff is like, flash in a pan fad to some extent like yeah. we're already seeing less adoption people aren't using it as much facebook's mm-hmm. kind of out the window now thank god uh you know all of that stuff is just kind of you know it's transitioning into new cycles but that just means it's getting replaced by another thing that's maybe worse yeah so it's like this is still going to be a problem it's just a different one um and and that that sort of like 
I have I have people like this who don't know what they're talking about, and it's fine. You know, somebody can like your work. That's cool, but you still have to understand that it's not, it's not good. good. Yeah. You know, there needs to there's improvement that can happen. Um, they just don't want to listen to. That's where there's like the two kind of sides of the discipline. I think mm-hmm. is that there's the doing, mm-hmm. but then there's the interpretation. Yeah. And I, I think a really good program fosters both of those things. Right. Um, like to me, I love critiques. I mean, I love critiques to a point that my students probably hate me because I'm like, let's talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think that that's so important to make sure that they're seeing, like. Okay, and that's informed by my own undergraduate experience. I think that we weren't taught very well, yeah. and then we pinned stuff up, and our professors walked through and like said what he thought about all of them, which yeah. was not terribly analytical. It's not like conversation either. It, yeah. Um, so I think that in a lot of cases in that experience, there wasn't such an opportunity to really understand it. And I think like if you yeah. understand light, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's much easier to draw a cast shadow. Yeah. If you don't like if the dots in your brain are not connecting it's not just a formula we see this all right. the time too it's like right. they just want the formula yep. for how to do it the shortcut the mm-hmm. formula that they just apply to every situation without yep. understanding what it's actually yeah. doing to then be able to manipulate it properly right but that's still something that I'm learning like I mean that's still that's not that's not something you learn in, in a couple of years and so there's sort of a commitment to like be doing that for a long time I imagine the same thing's true in your profession as well like you need to understand the underworkings of how all of the mechanics go before you can just be like, just twist it. Right. You're like, oh, okay. Right. Yeah, oh, I got a bad thing. Just do this and it's going to fix it. No, right. you can't do that. If you do that, you could injure yourself worse. It's the same thing with what we're doing in design. Like, if they do it and they just do it the way the formula was, but the thing specifically says it's coming from another direction or whatever, like, it's going to be wrong. Yeah. Um, and maybe somebody gets injured. Yeah. Not adjusting therapy for hypocrisy. And not adjusting the therapy protocol that you're doing for a precaution, mm-hmm. or you have a person fall because you didn't take the correct steps to avoid the fall, even though you know we're there. Yeah, right. there's, there's there's lots of parallels though. I mean, yeah. that's the that's the cool thing about design is that when we're teaching this stuff, I can almost always draw a parallel to a student's previous experience doing something, or yeah. at least the thing, a thing that's generic enough that they understand it, like music. We use music all the time. Yeah, food. 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 Also very good. Yeah, food is great. <laughs> So, you know, if, if the student grew up working, in, in the case that they had a job and they grew up working in a particular area, then you can say, okay, well, let's, let's look at, put it in this, in this frame of reference. And the cool thing about design is it tends to work f- with everything. Yeah. Like, there's a parallel to almost everything in it because everything's designed to some experience, whether it is a therapy protocol or it is a medical procedure or it's a mus- you know, piece of music. Like, you take disparate pieces and you organize them in a way that makes sense to solve a particular problem for a particular person mm-hmm. or elicit a particular emotion from a particular person. So, uh, you know, I think it's it becomes much easier to explain when you can frame it in in a setting that somebody understands. Yeah. It just means you have to be really sh- quick on your feet when the kid's like, oh, I grew up working in uh, some super obscure, you know, Cement welding, and you're like, I have no idea what that even is. And then you're like, okay, I have no idea what that is. It's not real, I don't think. Um, but you know, yeah, haberdashery. Yes. Easy. That's an, that's an easy one. Yeah. Like, you can do that. Um, but you know, if like. Take a peacock feather. If you're a farmer, like, there's a lot of, you know, I have, I have students in the past who grew up working on farms. Yeah. And like, that's an easy one. You talk about like, time and hard work and like what you take to cultivate something to make it grow and blah 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 I'm like it's the same thing man yeah. you know it's like 
So that's always a fun, that's a fun exercise for me just to be like, how do I do that? <laughs> um, so, cool. That's all I got. You got anything else? Parting words? Shut up, Derek. That's, that's <laughs> the last, like, yeah.